Hey mama, do you find yourself wishing you knew you were on the right path with your business or wanting to know how to do it all as a work at home mom and entrepreneur? If you struggle with imposter syndrome, mom guilt, or fear of failure, then you're in the right place. Hi, I'm Alexia, a Christian mindset coach, passionate about teaching moms how to renew their minds to find success both in business and motherhood. You can overcome the negative thoughts holding you back from fully stepping into your calling. I know what it's like to worry your business will never work, to feel mom guilt every time you work on your business, to realize your mindset is hindering you, but not knowing how to change it in a Christ-centered way. I created the Mom with a Calling podcast to teach you how to use the powerful combination of God's Word and proven mindset strategies to help you break free from negative, paralyzing thoughts and gain clarity and confidence to go where God is leading you. As you step out of the old way of thinking and into God's way, you'll find more peace, joy, and purpose. Pop in those earbuds and get ready to let God work in you so he can work through you. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the podcast. This is the second part of the interview with Sandy Cooper. If you didn't hear the first part or missed it by accident, go check back wherever you listen to podcasts. It's the one right before this. It'll probably sound kind of funny because we're literally just jumping back into a list that she's giving us of five key things, key ways to be a good listener to hear God better. And so this is the three, four and five. And so the last episode was the first two and kind of the intro that set the whole thing up. So go back and listen to that if you haven't had a chance. Okay, let's go ahead and finish up this interview with Sandy Cooper on how to hear God for ourselves. So, okay, so let's go on to the to the next part. Let's continue our conversation and um, let's get into step three. So those two are amazing. I don't know, like what, what's step three for us? <laughs> what's step three? Okay, so the, it's it's key three, not necessarily steps because oh. you can do these in any order, That's but right. key three um, is to integrate periods of solitude. So this Psalm, Psalm 10, four says, in his pride, the wicked man does not seek him. In all his thoughts, there is no room for God. So when, when I see that in scripture, that we can actually crowd God out of our thoughts and, and, and the scripture equates that with wickedness. And so the opposite of that is making room for God in our thoughts. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, never in the history of the world have we lived in, lived in a society where like we are bombarded constantly, like there. There is never time for our brains to just rest. Um, as soon as we have a break, we're picking up our phones. As soon as we try to concentrate, you know, there's notifications. We're turning on noise. There's there's ads everywhere. It, it, there is no time to. I mean, it, unless unless we are extremely intentional about it, um, periods of solitude will not come. And, you know, I think about the analogy that I like to use here is that if we woke up in the morning first thing and started eating cookies, okay, so we just have this giant bag of crappy store-bought cookies. (laughs) We just, first thing in the morning, we pop one in and we brush our teeth and we pop in another one. And then we go do our hair. We pop in another one, coffee's brewing. We pop in another one. Okay, if we did that all day, that's how I, that's how I picture what we do to our brains when we walk, when we wake up in the morning and, you know, we're looking at our phones at the beginning and it's just all day long, just things in our brain, things in our brain. If we did that, two things would happen. 
one, we would become very sick. And two, we would not be hungry for nutrition. And that is exactly what happens spiritually. So we're never, we don't, we don't even allow ourselves to get hungry for a God because we don't ever create space for the hunger to take place. Mm -hmm. And yet we're so stuffed with information on an ongoing, constant basis that, um, and it's not good, nutritious, spiritually nutritious information. You know, it's, it's stuff that's making us spiritually ill. So, you know, also we need to take our, our, um, our cues from Jesus who himself sought out periods of solitude. So as he walked on this earth, he took time away from the people that he came to save so that he could pull away and spend time and hear from his father. Cause he knew, he knew, and he said it repeatedly that he only does what the father tells him to do. Like he is the expressed image of the father. He only does that. So he had to stay in communion with the father. So if we want to know what God is telling us to do, we can take our cues from how Jesus lived. And I know many moms who feel like it's selfish for them to pull away from their kids, from their family, take time to be alone with the Lord. Um, if Jesus did not find that to be a selfish thing, I mean, God, God is love. And, and he came for those people. You can take time, mama, like away from your kids every day. It's one of the most loving things you can do. You, if you want to know how to, you know, proceed in your business, you don't have to be on 24 hours a day. Like it is okay every day to take time and seek God about your business. Like to just clear your mind, turn everything off. And for me personally, I mean, from a very practical standpoint, I have learned that I have got to do it first thing. I have got to get up. And this is not me saying, oh, look at me. I'm so awesome. Please be more like Sandy. It's it's me saying I was not a morning person. I hated getting up early. Um, the Lord, the more I sought him, and said, God, teach me what you sound like. Teach me about you. I would hear, I would sense that he was saying, get up before everyone and seek my face. And I'd be like, like I don't want to do that because <laughs> it's hard. And especially when you're not a morning person or your kids, you know, had you up a couple times or whatever. So I understand everybody's in a different season, but I will say for me personally, the only way that I can make this happen and make sure that it happens every day is that I have made it a practice and a discipline to get up before my family. And the first, for me right now, it's the first hour of the day. It wasn't always that. It was harder when my kids were little. My kids are older now. But when my kids were little, I would just, it was the first time of the day um, that I could get them settled. So, you know, if they were up all night, it would be after I got the baby up and fed or it, maybe it was the first nap, or maybe it was when they were toddlers and I would get them fed and have breakfast and they're sitting down and watching a video. Like my, I, whatever was first for me in that season, but I made it the first. Mm -hmm. So that I feel like for me, that's the only way it can happen. And it sets your day off. Like for me, <clears throat> I started doing that a few years ago. It was almost like I did it out of a spiritual discipline thing. Yeah. Like I, wanted to do it, but 
I, it didn't start from a, it was just a place of being eager to learn more about God and to hear him yep. and to, to prioritize. Cause I felt that fear of like, but I've got so much to do. I can get up and work like that's quiet. And, it, and I just felt like God was saying to me that I wanted him to bless my business or bless these things, but then I wasn't going to put him first. And I was like, I have to, that doesn't make sense, right? I need to be willing to give him the time first. And then it becomes something where now I'm like, nobody mess with my quiet. Time. Like I need this yes. time. Like if I don't come in here uh, and, you know, just have even 20 minutes, I have to, I kind of have a long time because I'm like, I need 30 minutes of thought. And so that yep. gets me up because I'm like, I, I can't, if I miss that, my whole day is me too whacked. And not only that, but like our day gets so busy with all these things that mm-hmm. it's hard to then sit back down and be like quiet like that. Um, yep. So I think that's really, really good. And you were talking about, you know, that's really powerful about that verse about crowding out God and not giving time. And I just think about, um, even I wrote down like even spiritual things. So there are times when I will, I'm doing dishes or I'm doing laundry or whatever. And I will, and I have ADHD, but still, it's almost like I can't handle the quiet. So I'm like on my phone looking for the next podcast or the next sermon or whatever. And sometimes that's great, but there are times when I can feel this sort of like you don't need to put anything in there. Like you're trying to fill a void, but if you like, what if I just chatted with God while I'm folding laundry? What if I just listened? What if I was just like, man, this is hard. Or there's this one problem I have. And there's actually research that shows that like when your brain is kind of like, when you're doing something boring, like laundry or dishes or whatever, that problem that you have, your brain is almost like free to think about it. And as Christians, we would say that's the moments when God can really get your attention, right? You can really hear him. And so I think about just, I've had to be mindful of that myself, where it's not filling it with even spiritual noise, if that makes sense, like just listening to podcasts and things like I'm trying in all, cause I'm, pretty good about not being on social media not watching TV and not saying those things are bad, but I don't, sure. I will sit and watch TV for hours on end. So I don't even start because I can't stop. And so I just don't start, but it can just be so easy to fill it with this other stuff. And then I loved your analogy of the cookies um, mm-hmm. because I was thinking about it in terms of um, like that void, those uncomfortable moments when we turn to something else to kind of, it it's like, we feel sad. So we flip on a show or we might get on, I don't know why you'd be sad and get on social media, but sometimes you do, or maybe you're bored or whatever, um, that we're not like taking those moments to like, like turn to God and just ask for that fulfillment in that. And I think not to like condemn, but I think it's such a habit. Like it's almost like our, we don't even realize we're doing it. And that's, what's so good about this key is that we have to be mindful and intentional about our time. And you're talking about like Jesus went and and isolated himself or had these moments of solitude. But I also thought or noticed like when he, he commissioned the 12 to go out and start, you know, casting out demons when they came back and they were telling all the stories, he's like, you need to go, you need to go rest. Like he told them go rest. Like this is a lot. And I was like, I don't know. I don't really know why that is. I don't know if it's because it's a lot of self-control. It's a lot of when you are submitting to the spirit like that and doing things that are powerful um, and listening to him, it's like, you still need to then go rest and refuel for the next go. Right. And just to like be loved, not just do like, yes, God will work through you, but also just to receive from him and just to have that relationship. 
Yes. You know, I was thinking one of the practices in addition to like getting up early, like we talked about, but when you brought in the rest component, um, one of the things that I'm really serious about, and it, it's just been in the last year or two that I've like really gotten it into practice is taking a regular weekly Sabbath. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like you, I, I do most of my business online and um, a lot of what I do a lot of the work I do is in my head. You know, I'm like thinking, I'm like creating things, I'm trying to strategize. And, and in so for me to like rest from work, if I stop doing, sometimes my brain starts going nuts because, because, you know, I'm not busy doing housework and I'm not busy, you know, doing things for the kids or cooking or whatever. And, and so, during my Sabbath, what I'm really trying to um, discipline myself to do right now is to to give my brain a rest from work too. So like when I catch myself, you know, the Bible says that we we can take our thoughts into captivity and make them obedient to Christ. And so on my Sabbath days, you know, I don't think that's necessarily all um, meaning taking like sinful thoughts, but sometimes if you're just trying to calm your mind to make room for God, on my Sabbath days, if I can just take those thoughts that keep wanting to go to work, you know, I'm like, Oh, I, I should do this. Oh, I should do a podcast on such and such. Oh, I should write a book on such and such. Ooh, my next email should be on, Ooh, I should interview so-and-so, you know, like every time that comes, I try to be like, hold on, I'm trying to rest from that right now and try to redirect my thoughts to something that instead, you know, I might pray for someone, or I might think about the Lord, or I might, you know, just go do something that's more, um, you know, family oriented or something that would get my mind off of work. And so, yeah, I mean, for, for people like us who our work is not with our hands and our bodies necessarily, but with our minds resting from that and making room for God to like, give us like restorative rest so that we can work from that rest. I just think it's all so important. I mean, it's so important for us to hear his voice you know, from not just to work, but then to be able to hear his voice, to even know what our work should look like, you Mm -hmm. know? Yeah. And even on those days, I mean, that's really good. And also like that reminder that we may not be doing something, but where our brains are going, but also that, you know, praying for your business, or if there's a direction, maybe taking that time to just sit and, and doing that. Um, so that's really good. Okay. So we'll talk. Okay. So let's go. uh, Let's get to, uh, key number four. Yes. Key number four is to emulate a spirit of humility. So this one comes straight from the life of Moses, um, who arguably heard God speak more with more clarity and in greater detail than possibly anyone recorded in scripture, because he is the one who wrote the first five books of the Bible. Um, and so, you know, I don't know anyone. I mean, think if you just consider the clarity and the accuracy that he had to hear straight from God in order to write all of that down and, you know, the entire law, like unbelievable. So um, now numbers three, three says this about Moses. It says now Moses was a very humble man, more humble than anyone else on the face of the earth, which is actually really funny because Moses wrote that. So that is hilarious to me (laughs) that he was (laughs) humble enough to say, hear from God saying, okay, you have to write this about you. And I can only imagine like, am I really supposed to write this about me? But okay. So, but then it goes on to say in numbers three, six, it says, and he, God said, 
Listen to my words. When there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, reveal myself to them in visions. I speak to them in dreams. But this is not true of my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. With him, I speak face to face, clearly and not in riddles. He sees the form of the Lord. And so it was it was Moses's humility that gave him that ability to hear God differently than anybody else. Like other people, God was speaking to other people, but he spoke to Moses differently. And then we also see this with the prophet Daniel, when it says that he humbled himself before the Lord, when he was seeking clarity about a vision. So God was already speaking to Daniel, but then he got greater clarity when he humbled himself before the Lord. And of course, Jesus is our ultimate example of humility. Um, he literally had the power to outwit and outlast every single one of his accusers, but he chose not to do that. Instead, he washed feet. He submitted to execution from the people who hated him. I mean, it is incredible the amount of humility that Jesus had. So scripture tells us, well, many of us are familiar with this, um, this concept, but it says that God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And I think that from what I'm studying about hearing his voice, I think the reason that the Lord is drawn to humble people and why he speaks so much more clearly to humble people is because they're teachable. It's because they're, they admit like, okay, I don't know. I don't know, God, even even these these men of God in scripture and Jesus, like clearly Jesus knew, <laughs> like Jesus knew stuff and and Moses heard God and Daniel heard God. And yet they continued to humble themselves to hear him even more. So for me, this, you know, in a super personal way, I am um, humility for me shows up when. Okay. So like, I'm like a super opinionated person. <laughs> I am very principled. I have very strong convictions about things and, um, humility, the way the Lord tells me to be humble is when I feel like I'm right to let other people have the last word and not feel like I have to argue about every last thing. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I know we're going to talk about this in another episode, but, um, getting off social media for me was an act of humility because one of the things that I used to do on the regular on social media is when people said things that I disagreed with that I knew was, especially if people were talking about like Christian things or Bible things, I'd be like, Oh, excuse me. <laughs> that is not what the Bible said. And it did type, 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 type. And, and the Lord humbled me and said, you know what? You do not need to defend me. You are not my defender. And I can just let God, like it, I would humble myself and just shut my mouth. Um, you know, this, this summer it is it, from a business perspective. Um, I finally, after years of working alone, I hired an assistant and a coach that was very humbling for me to admit that I have taken this thing as far as I can take it on my own mm -hmm. and asking for help. And when I give something to my assistant to not like hyper uh, micromanage it, <laughs> yes. And when my coach is telling me something that I need to think about differently or do differently um, to not immediately defend myself or to argue about it, like God is constantly 
I, I almost feel like he needs to continue to remind me like, okay, I brought these two people into your life and into your business to help you and guide you toward where I'm taking you. And if you're always just still doing it all yourself and you're not taking the advice from the coach I gave you and you're not delegating anything to the assistant I gave you, then we can't, I can't do anything else. <laughs> like, like we're, we're kind of stuck, Sandy. So, you know, humility will probably look different for different people, but that's um, candidly what it looks like for me. That, that example speaks to me because, and so, and a lot of women that I speak to actually a lot of friends that I have that are doing, you know, online businesses because, and I wonder if this actually stems from so much that of our lives, I guess that we've been spending trying to do what God wants us to do, right. Trying to not listen to other people right? so that <laughs> when other people come in and it, it doesn't quite align. It's hard to figure out when is it being pushed out of your comfort zone? When is it them leading you a direction versus, um, you know, that's not what God told me. And it feels almost like we've, like you said, your story is just kind of like you had to learn how to hear from God. So now when other people come into the picture, it's like, uh, -uh, because I have that same thing. And I know a lot of other women, they simultaneously want a coach and want somebody to help them in their business or lead and guide them in some way, a mentor, but then they also don't want to be told what to do. That's and right. so it's like, and I mean, I get it. Like, I, that's, it's totally me. It's another friend of mine. Yes. I'm doing this back and forth. We're kind of laughing at ourselves, but yes. not because we're like, you know, it's like, like you're saying God works through other people. And I think mm -hmm. the part that, that I was, that I latched onto there was realizing that something about like that our ideas and that even if they did come from God, um, but that our ideas and that like, I'm doing this, I'm going to like, at the end of this, look what God's going to have done through me. And right. so when we bring other people in, or there's a coach that comes in or whatever, it almost feels like it threatens that vision, that dream that we were going to follow God, um, on our own. But it's like when Moses had to get help, Right. Yeah. And he had to, he was like, God, like, yes. I don't know, like, why did you do this to me? And he's like, you need to get people that are over and like, have these people under you. And yes. that takes, it's, it's, like, you're right. It's, it's humble, humbling ourselves before God to say, I need help. I don't really know how to do all this. And it's yes. interesting. It's almost like humbling our plan, like submitting our plans, right. And our thoughts to him, because he may want us to hire people. He may want us to have this other input. And when we think like, no, I got it. Like at some point you can't do it all. And right. if you're like letting your business grow bigger, um, requires that humility to, to say, um, I need help. Like, I just, I can't fit this all in, um, or whatever that looks like. So I think that's really, that's really good. And I love what you said about Moses having that, that humility. And I never thought about that. How And I was thinking about that this morning, actually, but not quite that way where we, I was reading, about, um, I was reading Genesis to my son for homeschool. And I was reading about the covenant between Abram and God. And he, and Aiden said something and I was like, well, Abraham's asleep. And I was like, he's asleep. So how do they know this happened? You know, because Moses right. had to hear that right. clarity to be able to write these details and all these things in such a way that, you know, it can be written in there. So I was like, that's, that's really powerful. Yes. Um, yes. okay. And then key number five, Yes. Key number five is to demonstrate a life of obedience. So one of the things that is incredibly clear when you study scripture about hearing God's voice is that obedience to God is the key to hearing God again. So 
you know, conversely disobedience to God, it's, it's like, it shuts the communication lines down between you and God. Um, you know, and there are a few examples in scripture, which, you know, this is kind of a bunny trail, but there's a few examples in scripture where the person didn't obey God or question God and God either just if the, if the plan had to go through, he would either mute the person like, okay, you don't get to talk anymore. Or he would literally pick the person up and move them where they needed to be because like, okay, I called you to go to this thing and you're not doing that. But those were, those were exceptions. God doesn't normally do that. Um, with us, if he tells us to do something and we don't obey, then he normally will not say much more until we obey. So when you study the the lives of like the good listeners in scripture in this, in this particular um, portion of the Bible study, we looked at Noah and David and Elijah, and you see this clear pattern where God speaks really specifically. And then the person obeys immediately. Mm-hmm. And then God, like right down to the last detail, like God will give them very specific, do this. And then the next verse will say, and so David did this. And so Elijah did this. And then you know, then David inquired of the Lord and the Lord said, do this. And so David did this. Like you see this pattern over and over. Um, in fact, the Jesus said in John 14, that he equates loving God with obedience to God. And so Jesus said, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My father We'll love them and we will come to them and make our home with them. And anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. And so obedience to the Lord, like this kind of circles back to the very first key. So if our goal is to love God, if our goal is to, to seek a relationship with him, what that looks like is obedience to what he's telling us to do. And, and so, you know, for me, what that looks like in a very practical way, um, you know, sometimes I'll feel the Lord be very specific with me. Like he'll tell me very specifically, you need to go forgive this person, or you need to go apologize to the way you talk to your husband. Like, you know, it'll be very specific. Sometimes, um, I can, I can sense that the Lord is leading me, um, like the op- doors are opening or closing and, and I'm, I'm to just follow. I'm to just walk. Like I can tell that other times, if I'm not sure what he's saying, I always know two things. I always know that I'm supposed to love the Lord, my God, with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. And I am supposed to love everyone that he's put into my life. And so if I ever get lost, like, okay, I really don't know what I'm supposed to be doing right now, God. I, he will say, well, actually you do (laughs) because, because I've already told you, you need to love me with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And you need to love the people that I've put in your life. I I want you to love your children. I want you to love your husband. I want you to love your friends. I want you to love the women that I've given to you that you speak to every day. Like, so when, when we approach him with this attitude of, okay, God, I will do whatever you tell me to do. When you approach him with that attitude, then I believe he he responds to that. I believe that he's looking for people who will love him in that way that are just, I mean, can you imagine if your kids came up to you, mommy, I'll do whatever you tell me to do. Like, you'd be like, yes. 
<laughs> you're my favorite kid. Like good I, attitude too. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So I believe that God honors that when we approach him with a heart to obey and that when, when we are walking with him and, and, and here's just a little tip, like if you think God is telling you to do something and you, and you approach him with, um, with the heart of Lord, I think this is what you're telling me to do. And I'm going to move forward with this. Just ask him like, and I, we have alluded to this before, but just ask him like, if this isn't your will, will you just save me from this? Like, will you slam this door shut? Because I really think this is what you're telling me to do. And God is so good. Like he's such a good father. He totally will do that for you. He will close doors. He won't let you take that step off that cliff. Like you mentioned earlier and just fall to your death. That's not the God we serve. That's not who we serve. So the last key, demonstrate a life of obedience. I love that it, it like connects back, like you're saying to the first one, where it's almost like, because what happens a lot of times is when we, we I, I want to say that if you're listening to this, this far in the podcast, that you genuinely have a heart of wanting to hear from God. Like you're right. wanting to know. <laughs> And right. so just coming from that place, it's almost like we are so, we, gen, we, we want to hear him so badly and do it right, that we're scared of doing it wrong. So we disobey and right. that should trigger you. That number five should trigger you in that, like, I don't want to disobey. And then it makes you go, but I don't know if I'm hearing his voice, but you do go back to number one, <laughs> like, right. because it's like building that relationship and getting to know. And, and like you said, taking a step, like the, like we have to take action. Obedience is action, right? right? If you, you can, if you think God's asking you to do something, you cannot wait for the way to be illuminated before you walk. You mm -hmm. have to just go. Mm -hmm. And that's the faith part, right? That he's going to lead you, that he's not going to lead you astray, that it's going to be okay. Like all of that stuff, but it, all of these are connected to each other, which I'm glad you clarified that it's not steps, it's keys, wherever right. you need to be in here. Like these are right. all connected to each other. Um, Yes. And that to be obedient, and I've thought about it this way, like I have to basically teach myself how to be obedient. Like if I really think I've done all these things and I really think God's saying to do this, then I need to act and sort of like learn like, oh, that wasn't, or that was, but it's still not a mistake. You're still it's learning like, how learning. to, yeah. And God knew that you were going to go like, it's, it's all part of the plan. You're not messing anything up no. and it's your journey. But if, if we just get so scared of doing anything, then what we really are doing, it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. We're scared of not obeying God. So we yes. sit here and try to make our own decisions from our own logic, which means we're not listening to God at all. And we're doing whatever we want to do and whatever we think makes sense. And that's not obeying God. So like, what do you have right. to like, to, to go in that way is, is where, I mean, I know I've gotten stuck in that very particular loop of, I want to obey God, but how do I know I'm hearing God? I want to, right. you know, that kind of thing. And it's like reminding ourselves, and this is where it goes and there's, you know, saturating our minds with scripture, grabbing scripture that tells us some truth to counteract that thought that you're going to mess it up, that, mm -hmm, you know, it's going to mm -hmm. go wrong. And I always say, it's like a kind of like an affirmation, like reminding yourself, meditating on that scripture when yep. you have those decisions so that you can hold on to that truth and move forward. Yes, that's, that's good. That's good. <laughs> Just like, all right. So, um, what are some practical tips? for a mom who is doing all the things she's at home, she's doing her business. She wants to do this, right? What are some first steps that she can do um, to get started on these keys to hearing God better? 
Yeah. Um, well, I would say the very first thing that she should do, and it should be a thing, not that she just does today, but something that she does every day is approach God and simply say, I want to know you. I want to know you. And if you start there, um, if she's, if she's new to Bible study or new to Bible reading and doesn't know where to start, um, I would, I personally, I think the best place to start, if you're unfamiliar with scripture and you don't know Jesus very well yet, um, I would start in the gospel of John. And you're going to say that <laughs> like John, yeah. Yeah. John, go to John. Like it is such, it's such a beautiful, um, portrayal. Like you can really get to know who Jesus is by reading through the gospel of John. And I can remember in the early days of um, reading the Bible and you even said, you even alluded to this earlier, um, but you talked about how, like, when you come across things and you're like, I don't get this, like, why did you do that? That is my normal conversation with the Lord. I remember doing it from day one, but I would open up the scriptures and I'd say, okay, God, will you just help me understand this? Because he will, he will help you understand it. And then as I'm reading, cause there's going to be a lot of things that you don't understand. I'm still reading things I don't understand. And I, I mean, I'm sure until we see him face to face, we're just there. There's a lot of mystery involved in serving an almighty, all knowing omniscient, um, all knowing is omniscient, all the <laughs> omni, omnis, all the omnis, <laughs> all the omnis, um, there is so much mystery involved in that. So we, we, as if we can, if we just start by approaching him, um, and asking and going straight to his word, he, he will start guiding you. You're going to be shocked. You're going to be shocked at when you hear something or you see something when you, and, and pay attention to, um, especially in those early days, pay attention when you're reading and something just jumps off the page to you. Mm -hmm. That's the beginnings of, I mean, God still speaks to me that way, but that's, that is, that's the spirit of God quickening something inside of you to pay attention to something in his word. And, and when you start paying attention to that type of thing, um, you're going to, you're going to be shocked at how he's going to line things up you're going to hear things as in there. I love the way God talks um, early. Like when someone's first learning how to hear his voice, he will send you like three, four, five different people over the period of a couple days, you'll see something in scripture and then you'll see it, you know, come up on your newsfeed and then you'll see it um, on the someone's bumper sticker. And then you're going to see, I mean, and you're going to keep hearing it. Then you're going to go to church and it's going to like, the pastor's going to preach on that same verse. And you're going to be like, what in the world? Okay. That's God is so good. Like, I think he so delights in that. He, I think he just like you do when as a parent and you're looking down at your kids and you just, you just love to tickle them with, you know, surprises and, and, and things that, you know, that they're going to, uh, God is just like that. He's such a good father. So, um, so yeah, start, start with just approaching him and saying, God, I don't know. I don't know anything. Please teach me. And then open up gospel of John, start reading and, um, and go from there. Yeah. It's like those, those light bulb moments for our kids. Or if you're a teacher, you've seen that happen where somebody's like, I get it. And, you know, I think, like you said, God wants us to hear him. And so, Sometimes mm -hmm. like that happens to me all with, I love it now. But when it first started happening, I was like, 
whoa, this is like real. Like God, there's no way that is a by chance. And I started to notice those things. And sometimes I'll notice something and I'm like, okay, I've seen this first like five times this week. What are you trying to say? Cause I don't actually know why it's popping up all over the place. And then I'll sure. sit right with it. Um, but it's, it's, it is really fun. And it's almost like this, I say fun because it's, it's a joy. It's a yeah. joy to then when you realize that God is speaking to you, that it's not secret, that it's been there all along, but you have to like open your eyes and he will open your eyes. Sometimes you can't see, like you're talking about when you read scripture, there are times I read it again and I'm like, I've never noticed that word or I've never right. noticed that he did that. And it's because yes. you weren't supposed to notice it. Then you're noticing it now for a different right. reason. And yep. um, like trying to tell my son, he's like, we've already read the Bible. I'm like, we got to keep reading it forever. We've and he's already like, what? read it. We've already read it. And I'm like, but you keep reading it. I was like, it's living and active. It'll change. Yeah. <laughs> right. But I was like trying to explain it. And I was like, that does sound kind of funny. It's not get to beginning to end. I did it. No, like this is God speaking to you. It's his, you know, his words to us. So that is a really good, um, good tip there. Well, Sandy, this has been a great conversation. As you said, we could just talk forever. I know. And I mean, cause it's I'm so using good. so much discipline to not know, respond to every single thing that you're saying right now. Cause I'm just I like, I know I want to talk about that. I know. So, um, I mean, we, we still went over whatever, but I, I mean, thank you for doing that because I think that it's, we did this in the two parts because it's just so good. I was like, I can't just cut it off because of time. Um, we have oh, to go thanks. into this. So, um, <laughs> Can you tell people where they can find you to learn more about you and your book? Sure. Um, everything I would just say, go straight to, uh, the scoop That's my website. Everything that's on there. I have a link to my podcast, which is the balanced mom cast. Uh, there's in, information on all the books. Um, I have three books and they're all available on Amazon. Um, and all of that is available on the website. So yeah. Thank you so much, Sandy, for being here today. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Mama with the Calling podcast. As always, you'll find the show notes for today's episode at mamawiththecalling.com slash podcast. Really quick before you head out, are you loving these episodes? To make sure this podcast gets in the ears of as many mamas as possible, please head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. And while you're there, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out on any future episodes. I'm going to be reading your reviews on the podcast, so I can't wait to hear from you. Also, if you know someone that needs to hear these episodes, grab a screenshot and share it on Instagram. And don't forget to tag me at Mama with a Calling so I can share it in my stories. Until next time, keep pursuing your calling.